Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. Okay, so uh, today, Bill, we're going to talk, we're going to start out by talking about John F. Kennedy. Some basic facts. Um, John F. Kennedy was the 35th president of the United States. What are we up to now? 44, 45? I think 45, right? Depends. Depends on what? Depends on if you don't count the first six presidents before Washington. Evidently. Mm-hmm. Before Washington, there were um, like six, but sometimes some people say even more, because the president of the Congress oh, okay. was considered the president. <clears throat> so this was after, the, after the revolution. Term. Yeah, before 1776. Well, 17, 1789, sorry. When, 1789, when, yeah. okay. So was it beginning in 83? I think so. And well, what they did is, is each one of them had one term. Uh-huh. That was when it was great, because see, it wasn't like somebody could hang on to the presidency for eight years and, mm-hmm. and you know, hold us captive. So they haven't had a term of like a year? One year. Or, or, okay. One year. You know, nothing wrong with that. You can't really screw much up in one year, can you? Yeah, but you, well, also, <laughs> you also can't do much in one year, though. No, like every single president is a lame duck president. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. But it really depends. It, it you know, depends. Yeah, well, at that time, I mean, there was so much happening with the creation of the nation that probably in term from... In political terms, one year was actually quite a bit of time. Nation creation. It. That would be cool. That'd be like a... a, a JFK, 35th uh, president of the United States. He served at the height of the Cold War between the United States and uh, the Soviet Union. And much of his presidency dealt with managing relations with the Soviet Union. I mean, he really was... He served during probably... Um, I mean, he was only president for three and a half years... But they might have been the three and a half most dangerous years yes, in agreed. the Cold War. Yep. So he, he had a critically important presidency. And we'll get into why it was so important. I mean, so much happened during those well, three Well, I mean, do years. you think it's important if, if, if there's people here right now that are listening that don't know what the Cold War was? Maybe a quick two-minute, not even two-minute kind of breakdown of what yeah, that yeah. was? Yeah, I mean, I think most people probably know that. But um, it's essentially the... Um, Political and I mean it went beyond political. Political and <clears throat> military um, tensions between um, the United States and the Soviet Union, and they really represented two political and economic philosophies. Um, one was America capitalism, you know mm-hmm. that was theoretically what we represented, and then the Soviet Union represented communism. A lot of times people would tie that into you know, say that they believed in socialism. I actually don't think that's true. I see the Soviet Union more as a dictatorship. <laughs> um, yeah. But that being said, there was that kind of, um, that there was that ideological um, disagreement. Uh, it wasn't like a, there was any real fighting. It was, it was more like, uh, well, uh, see who could kind of, Piss the furthest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there wasn't really, bit. there wasn't direct fighting direct between fighting. us, but there was right. plenty of fighting. Oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> as we're going to find out, right? Soon yeah. Enough. All right, anyway, uh, go ahead. Thanks for doing that. Sure. Um, so, 
Um, John F. Kennedy, he was born May 29th, 1917 in Brookline, Massachusetts to Joseph Kennedy Sr. and Rose Kennedy. So he was born, as most people know, into privilege. His grandfather, um, Patrick Joseph P.J. Kennedy, was a self-made businessman and politician. He was actually a mayor of Boston and one of the, the most popular and kind of um, notable mayors in Boston's, in Boston's history. The family kind of had a long history of breaking barriers that were um, that had been had existed for um, Irish Catholics. I mean, to have the business and political career, political career that his grandfather had, and then um, and then later on, his father, um, who greatly expanded the family business and made the Kennedys into, you know, one of the wealthiest families mm-hmm. in the United States. His father was a uh, powerful, domineering figure, who played a very significant um, role in John F. Kennedy's life right up to um, when JFK became president. Um, And that was kind of having one of his sons become president was one of his stated goals from early on. Like, that's how big this guy dreamed. And he didn't say it like, oh, I wish my son would be president. He was like, my son will be president someday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and he, he was determined to make that happen. And, you know, to his credit, he managed to make that happen. Not as you really wanted to, though, right? No. <laughs> At first? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there are stories of, um, you know, when they were kids. This is one story I read about where, um, you know, they had gotten off. All the kids kind of got off their yacht or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then as they were walking ashore, they just dropped their clothes and stuff on the on the ground. You know, they just literally were just dropping their belongings. And, you know, just knowing that somebody's going to come along and, wow, and pick things nice. up for them. Nice, nice. And so you can't really talk about Kennedy and explain who he is, even yeah. though I admire him, and we'll get to you know sure. a lot of yeah. reasons that I admire yeah. him. You can't explain who he is without kind of understanding that that, w- that kind of sense of privilege was very much at his core. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they felt that they were, or he expected a privileged life. He, they kind of viewed themselves as being better than other people. But that also caused them to, f- to have a, a sense that they needed to be the best at everything, needed to yeah. achieve and yeah, be admirable in certain, <clears throat> certain ways. He grew up in the shadow of his older brother, um, Joseph Kennedy Jr. Yep. His older brother was um, better in school, better in athletics, which was a big thing for all the Kennedy brothers. They were all mm. you know, big into sports. And he was the one, um, actually from the day he was born, that his father said this Boy, Joe is going to, yeah. Joe is going yeah. to be president someday, and and that was the expectation for really the entirety of um, Joseph Kennedy Jr.'s life. He was also very sickly mm-hmm. from um, a very early age, and uh, and that again had a big. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll kind of get into some more details on that. But um, despite his less than stellar grades, he attended Harvard University. It must be nice, right? Harvard. Yeah, so it's like, oh, you got, you got, you know, B minuses, C, C pluses. Where do you think you're going to go? <laughs> Not Harvard. We're going to go to Harvard. <laughs> it's good to be a Kennedy. Yeah, it's good to be a Kennedy. <laughs> uh, but when he got to Harvard, he got much more um, serious about his um, <laughs> studies, um, and he actually started to get, even if he wasn't really thinking about getting into politics yet, he began to have um, to kind of become interested in that sphere of the world. He graduated um, from Harvard, and, and then in, in 1941, 
on the outbreak of World War II, he joined the U.S. Navy. Um, he originally was disqualified oh, um, yeah, for for health <coughs> issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was his back was was, but I mean there were that was that, but he had a ton of other of other stuff, right? Like uh, yeah. However, his father once again kind of went behind the scenes and was able to get him in. Yeah, I'm seeing a seeing a pattern here. Yeah, no, that is a pattern right up to when he becomes president. Uh, I mean, he does amazing things. Sure. But he has people kind of working for him behind the scenes. So he's in the army, and what he does in the in the army in, in World War II is he goes out and he's fighting in the Pacific, and he actually with a terrible back, like an extremely painful back. And so, what does he do? He signs up for perhaps like one of the most difficult and most dangerous uh, well, assignments. You, you got to prove to Daddy that you're mm-hmm. worth it, right? I yeah. Mean, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And his uh, his son Joe did too. He was pretty. He had a pretty important job in, in the service, didn't he? Yeah, he was uh, he was a fighter pilot. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, they, the the two know. sons, you know, both had. And now he didn't he volunteer? Isn't that how he died? The the Joe Joe yeah he he volunteered for basically what was what was what amounted to a kamikaze mission yeah or whatever I essentially it was, yeah uh, it was a, a very extraordinarily dangerous yeah, mission small chance for him ever even to make it back he's like well I'm a cadet yeah <laughs> so he's on these patrol boats which are these small um, boats like you know for for a fighting or it wasn't really a fighting boat it was a patrol boat yeah, I think they were forty feet. 40 foot, mm-hmm. something like that, yeah. Yeah, and then they would Pretty they cramped. just rocketed across the water, you know, kind of jumbling you all around. Um, so do you want to tell a little bit about kind of how he got? Well, I mean, yeah, he he, um, he was the commander of the boat. He, uh, he had a small crew. Um, and evidently, a, uh, what was it, a, China, a Japanese ship, mm-hmm. Chinese, Japanese ship uh, destroyer came out of uh, basically nowhere and, and cut their boat basically in half, mm-hmm. um, knocking everybody into the water. Mm-hmm. And evidently, um, Kennedy uh, was uh, had a, what I hear anyway, I don't know how really true it is, but he had a, a, the life, a life preserver or whatever in, in his teeth. There was a wounded, one and of the... One of his people, yeah, one of his... One of the crew members who had survived... Yeah. Was was badly wounded, yeah. and he took he like took the the strap of his yeah. the guy's life jacket or something. Is that what it was? Yeah. Held it between his teeth. Yeah, and then just and, and he was hurt too. That's well, the yeah, thing. Cause, yeah, because he re-injured his back. I mean, but okay, but the, the get to where he, I guess, here's what I what I kind of have a problem with. with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, okay, put the mileage down on where he swam from. Okay, now just think uh-huh. about this now, folks. When, when okay, you're in the water, <laughs> you're hurt. Yeah. You're carrying a guy who's probably like dead weight right now because he's hurt too. He was an excellent swimmer. That's documented, JFK. Excellent swimmer still. Yeah. yeah. But now give the give give this. I mean, he was hurt now. Kennedy uh, was hurt too, right? Yeah. Okay. And and this just happened. So I mean, I get it. The, the adrenaline's running. Mm-hmm. But talk about what he did at right at that time, and then you think about whether or not you want to believe it's true. I've heard videos of people that were uh, like on the boat say that it wasn't that far. Oh, really? Well, maybe we'll look into that again sometime. But three point. It says it says he swam three point five miles to Plum Pudding Island. Three point. Three and a half miles. Three and a half miles. Yeah, that's a long way to swim. If you were to equate that to arm swings, how many arm swings do you think that would take? Or it. In, in this case, how many of these would it take? Because he's got this guy is, you know, 
yeah, yeah. attached to his face, and he's hurt. So how many of these do you think it takes, and with your legs, to get three and a half miles? I've never swam that far before. <laughs> if you're going to go 100 yards, uh-huh. you probably need to do this, I don't know, 40 times or so, uh-huh. maybe, right? Okay, it's 100 yards. Well, how many yards in a mile? How many, right? So if you uh-huh. add that all up, imagine how many times. Now, you could be a good swimmer, but he's mm-hmm. already hurt before this happened. Now, uh, so that's just a lot, bro. That's just a lot. I mean, it is po- it's a lot. It's, it's possible, though. I mean, have you, have you read about, you know, Shackleton and what those folks did? I mean, people, some people have done some insane things when they're back. I guess, I guess you're right. I- Find a video, like a 40 or 50 minute... If, you guys out there too, if you haven't done this, like find like a forty or fifty minute video on what happened to Shackleton when they got, you know, um, stuck out in, in uh, I don't know, I don't know if they were in the Antarctic or the Arctic. Now, did that come from Shackleton, or did that come from a video that was, you know, where he was? Well, it was the whole time. It wasn't just him; it was all his crew members. Were so how do you know well. they were just making it up? Hey, I'm just saying what they're saying now, Steve. Yeah. No, right? you're right. You're right. right? <laughs> all I'm saying is this. And you're going to learn this too, guys. I will question anything yeah, he does. that's not fact because mm-hmm. you should. So what kind of example are we setting, right? Mm-hmm. Look, we basically, to be quite honest, and, and you call me out mm-hmm. if I do it. Okay. Allegedly, we should use. We should use that word if there's no, if it wasn't videotaped. There you go. We're going to do nothing but give you the... The facts documented when they're documented, and if they're not documented, we're gonna let you know they're not. But we're also gonna give you the information to make up your own mind if you, if you have a logically thinking brain in your head. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just say, okay, well, there's evidence on both sides. Nothing's con- conclusive. Yeah. The best I can do is just say I'm not really sure. There you go. And although we do a ton of research, I'll tell you what, we're not fallible. You know, I mean, we're not infallible. Yeah, I okay. say. <laughs> the thing is, 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 if you find out something that you know for a fact is true, uh-huh. then please, by all means, I mean, let us know. Oh. If you guys have something, be prepared, however, mm-hmm. <laughs> to back it up with something that we don't already know, mm-hmm. right? And make sure that it's documented if you're going to tell me it's true. Because if you if if you're gonna tell us that it's something's true just because it's your opinion, we're gonna kind of laugh at it. We're gonna laugh at you, but we're gonna laugh at it because you should know better, mm-hmm. right? Anyway, moving on. Sorry. No, that's good. These are all good points. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he uh, um, the story is that he he pulled this guy yeah. to an island, and he and he also kind of encouraged. You know, he he showed a lot <clears throat> of leadership in that moment as a very young person, um, and then after that, he um, again this is. You know what? What theoretically, allegedly happened? <laughs> um, he uh, l- like the next day, he then swam back out into kind of the dangerous waters to try to try mm-hmm. to hail down a um, one of the uh, maybe another patrol boat from the United States. He didn't find one, so he swam back. And then later on, like the whole group swam another um, three point seven five miles um, to a different island with Kennedy again pulling. The injured, um, injured seaman, and and then eventually <laughs> you said seaman. I did, I did. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Maybe for the last time. <laughs> uh, and eventually, there they were rescued. So the event made Kennedy a, a big, famous war hero. Um, they even made a movie about it. Yep. Which I've never PT seen. PT one hundred and nine, right? Yep.
I know. I yeah. should watch it. Hey, look. Who did that? Who played Kennedy in that? I know. I haven't seen it. I'd love to see it, though. Yeah. But the thing is, though, you know what? You can't take away from it. Uh-huh. The guy swam however freaking long it was. Mm-hmm. Bro, please stop. He still deserved everything he got. Whether it was 3.5 miles or 3.1 or 2.8, sometimes stories get a little bit exaggerated, I guess, over time. <laughs> sometimes, right? I mean, what's yeah. wrong with that? Does it take away from anything, really? Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. I mean, you know, so you know, call me an asshole. Well, his those, crew, they, his crew was pretty impressed by him. Oh, so. I, yeah, shit, dude, so, without a doubt. Essentially, after that, he ended up coming, coming home, um, but his brother did not, as you mentioned. Um, his brother was was killed um, doing a mission that was essentially was a, a suicide mission, but they needed somebody to do it, and he volunteered, and, uh, and you know, died in that way. So Kennedy lost his brother, who he was extremely close to. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I mean, people always think about JFK and, and Robert Kennedy, but he didn't really, you know, he was much older than Robert Kennedy. He didn't really have much to do with him when they were kids. He was close with Joe. Um, and he, and then shortly after that, he lost his other, the other sibling <coughs> that he was closest to, his, his sister Kathleen, ah. who also died in a plane crash, not, you know, in a military plane crash, but just in a plane cr- crash. A lot of people felt that 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 those kind of <coughs> people that knew him, said, um, those losses kind of heightened his determination to live every moment absolutely to the fullest. Because he kind mm-hmm. of he really um, felt that um, you know being very sick as as a child for so long, and then having his two si- siblings that he knew the best um, die at an extremely young age, he kind of felt that death was kind of coming toward him and um, and so he yeah. was just he was just determined to just be you know before it was kind of um, popular to say live in the moment and be present no, no. you know I mean he really did it maybe in a, a more frantic way than perhaps a guru might tell you to live in the moment you know that I think that had that impact on him and uh, the other thing it did was it, it more um, <clears throat> practically is that when his brother died all of the expectations for a political career that had been placed on Joe were instantaneously transferred. Yeah, because he didn't really want to be a politician, right? He wanted to be a, like a writer or whatever, you know, didn't he? Yeah, I think he, he thought about being a writer. I think he thought about um, kind of just living in academia, although I don't know <coughs> how seriously he really felt about that. I think he mainly thought about kind of gallivanting around with the girls and writing. You know, you know but it's, it's funny too, I mean, cause, because a lot of it's funny. I mean, is it is it a prerequisite almost to, to be a war hero to become president? <laughs> well, there's been a lot of them. Exactly. I'm just it, that's of course, depending on what you consider a war hero. Oh, you, know, well, you either have to be somebody yeah. <clears throat> who was powerful right. in, in a time a, a, a powerful military figure in a time of like war. a five star general like yeah. Eisenhower. Yeah, or an actual war hero. Yeah, but yeah. mainly it's actually if you look yeah. over history, it's mainly been the generals like Ulysses yeah. S. Grant, Eisenhower, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. Jackson, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He was a war hero. I missed. Yeah. I must have missed that yeah. in his yeah. uh, War of the Worlds in his okay. biography. Um, <laughs> okay, so he uh, decided to become a, a politician. wasn't This is going to surprise people. wasn't a natural politician. <clears throat> um, he was very wooden, giving speeches. Everybody thought he was bad at it. Like he'd go up and give a speech, and people were like, "He he actually want like he was just like I can't do it." He's like, I'm terrible, and everybody thought he was bad at giving speeches when he first, when he first started. I mean, they liked him because he was good looking, and you know, he was good with the ladies, and that was to his credit. And he was a war hero, 
but he didn't. Was take, he really good looking, Steve? He was so good looking. He was. He was really good looking. Yeah. Well, he was thin as a rail. Oh yeah. Like, that's yeah. the other thing. You look at him early on. He was. I mean, he was good looking, but he was just. Uh, you know, he had more, I think, than looks. Though, dude, his charisma, bro. Yeah, he did. And confidence, yeah. man. Yeah, I he mean, had that from right from the get go. It's it's yeah. yeah. That kind of helped him. Yeah. So he he did have charisma, <clears throat> but he wasn't a natural public speaker. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, ah, mm. At least at first. Yeah. Uh, Until he had somebody write for him. <laughs> well, I think he had people writing for him. He probably did. Right from Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But he got better people <coughs> writing for him later on. Yeah. And, and he did a lot of writing himself. Like he, you know, for he edited his speeches. He was a very, um, you know, capable literary. He did. Who was? Do you remember the guy's name who wrote his speeches? Was it Ted Sorensen? I wonder what percentage. That's one of those things you're never ever gonna know. No uh, one's ever gonna ever know. Yeah. You know what the percentage was of, of what he edited and what he didn't edit. But I, I guess even though I would guess nice. like eighty percent Sorensen. So, you think so? That, yeah. I mean, I have no idea, but that yeah. would be my guess. Yeah, because you gotta guess. I gotta you gotta put in there. You got a lot. Gotta know a lot about what he's supposed to say and what he's supposed to add. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're trying to write. <laughs> they're trying to kind of based off of what he said. You know what his beliefs are Ted is trying to get inside his head like Kennedy was viewed as more of a centrist and Sorensen was you know more of a liberal um, but Kennedy wanted him and he kind of convinced him to work for him and so, so anyway uh, Kennedy ran for Congress in 47 um, won easily um, and then moved to the Senate in 53 so he progressed pretty quickly um, he married Jackie Kennedy in 53 that was, I think he kind of felt like now that he's a senator, he, <coughs> there's kind of a sense that he married her like he knew he was going to try to become president. You know, in the he would need that to help. He him. would need that to, and yeah, and so. And history would almost prove that a little bit. Well, yeah, we haven't had a single um, affair. Yeah, <laughs> we'd had plenty Woo! of affairs by this time. Yeah, right? mm -hmm. he had at least. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she kind of check that box for yep, him. Yep, yep. His, his health continued to be terrible <clears throat> um, and uh, when he was in the Senate. And he actually became so sick that in um, 1956 he was given last rites. That wasn't the only time that that happened in his life. I think it was two or three times before he eventually died. It was during his um, recovery time period from, from that illness um, was when he published Profiles and Courage. That was what I was thinking about, probably. That was the one. Yeah, I think that's his most famous yeah. book. I think he ended up writing three books in, in, in total. That was his most famous book. And it was a book about U.S. senators who risked um, their careers for their personal beliefs. Now, say that again. It was a book about U.S. senators who risked their careers for their personal beliefs. Okay. So it was a book about political courage. Ah, which was kind of ironic because Isn't it, though? you could argue that for him it took at that point he certainly didn't embody that. No, I think he grew into it's, that. It's it's almost like it's almost like it, it it was like expected of the universe for him to write that. Meaning meaning he wrote it thinking he was writing it for one reason. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, because when you think about it, it was kind of like an omen. He almost wrote his own future mm -hmm. a little bit in regard to that part anyway well you see that with him sometimes like you see yeah. him where he he'll undertake a project <clears throat> like this for political purely political reasons <laughs> but then what he learned yeah. 
kind of mm-hmm. changed him. So I think he probably was like, he probably initially had an idea like, oh, I know what will be good. I'll write this book and it'll make me look good. Like I care about political. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. His and dad, then his dad and his, his his privilege and his dad mm-hmm. always got what he wanted. Yeah. Never yeah. got said no to. So maybe he thought it was this way, and this this is why. And then he learned something different. Though. Well, yeah. Well, then when he writes it, think about it. You're spending all that time. You know, reading about these people who actually did embody political yeah. courage, yeah. it would change you, yeah. I would think. So at least, you know, not everybody, but it would change him. Um, although actually, the book was <laughs> many people actually now think the book was largely written by Ted Sorenson. <laughs> now wait a minute! But wait a minute! At no, least he read. He definitely wrote a considerable portion. Who, of it. who are most people? And well, it kind of brings me back to the I think whole. Ted thinks that. It, 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 you know, well, Ted's dead. Uh-huh. You know, but but I mean... Ted which? Which Ted? I meant Sorensen. Yeah, isn't he dead? I don't know if he's dead. We should look that up. Yeah, look it up. You've got a computer. Ted Sorensen. Or do you need the... No, go. Oh, wait. You never gave... Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, see, see if he's I'll look alive. it up. I'll find it. Cool. See, you're, so you have the computer. You. Okay. I, I got the paper. All right, okay. You can be our research. I'm, I'm research. I am research man. Go right ahead. Okay, good. Ted Sorensen. I'd be curious. I bet he's dead. I mean, that's a long time ago. Um... Yeah, Theodore Chocolate, he's dead. 2010. 2010, New York City. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. 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 He he dead. He dead. It's interesting, his spouse died the same year Kennedy died, or a year later, I guess, 64. Maybe he killed her because she was having an affair with him. <laughs> it wouldn't be with beyond the realm of possibility. We'll get into that. We're covering everything. Yeah, the fu- the juice is coming, folks. The juice right. is coming. So anyway, that, that's the the story of the book. And actually, he won a Pulitzer Prize um, for that book, a Pulitzer Prize for biography in 1957. So that was another very cool kind of. He had a lot going for him when he was, you know, going <clears> to um, become president. That's a big thing that everybody does now. Everybody writes a book. I think, you know, like Obama wrote the Audacity of Hope, and now you know, like we're about to head into the primary season. And essentially, every single Democrat who's about to run, they're all like, oh, they're about to release their books. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, what are you writing? And, you know, anything, as long as you're releasing a book. It's kind of like um, Instagram or Twitter, right? Yeah. Everybody's got to be on Instagram or Twitter mm-hmm. or you're really not anybody, right? Because nobody's going to know who you are. Well, if you release a book, you can go, you know, you do the circuit, you talk to oh, all the different yeah, Book talks. signings. Book, sh- book signings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so... He ran unsuccessfully for the Democratic vice presidential nomination in, in uh, 56. It was different back then. You didn't, like, you, it wasn't like somebody became the um, nominee and <coughs> they selected the vice president. <coughs> right. You actually would run for it. Who won? Um, the vice presidential nomination? Yeah. Hmm. I actually do not remember. Was Adlai Stevenson the one who ran? In That's 56? what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe that was him. <clears throat> but I'm not sure who the. I think it was somebody who wasn't super famous. Like it's the name that you don't. Oh, know. somebody we don't know. At least I didn't know the name. Democratic nomination, 1951. Yeah. So an interesting thing about his career in the House and Senate was that, for the most part, then again, maybe people have different opinions on this, but the general <laughs> consensus is that he wasn't um, particularly effective. Like, he didn't really get a lot done. I mean, he uh, was sick a lot, but um, in general, people think he had a pretty unremarkable career. And, you know, and, and, and that's funny because, you know, until recently, you know, I, you know, feeling the way I do about the assassination and everything behind it, mm-hmm. it kind of felt that the guy really had no real bad 
attributes about them, right? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's human, but you're politically. Mm-hmm. I've learned that dare I say the word that shan't be said, mm-hmm. one of them anyway. Okay, and what's the other word? Shrub, right? No, oh, uh, his vice president. Um, Kennedy's vice president. Uh, oh, Johnson. Mm-hmm. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Politically, mm-hmm. got a lock on. He did. Uh, so, and, and when I learned that, I was like, I hated. I hate. I still hate him. Mm-hmm. But compared to Kennedy politically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he kind of got a. He did kind of take the lead. It's not like what Kennedy didn't didn't already put into. You know, the civil rights thing wasn't really not going to go through when he died, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I could have sat in that spot, Mm -hmm. you know, being half a year old. You might not have been corrupt enough. (laughs) Yeah, probably (laughs) not. It took at least a year. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That was Adelaide Stevenson, by the way, was a Democratic nominee. Yeah, I knew that, but who was the the vice president, or the... Nominee for vice for president. Vice president. Oh, okay. Uh, who is his uh, running mate? Right there. See, people also ask. It is. Oh, John Kiffer. Kiffer. It was John oh, Sparkman. John Sparkman. Oh, yep. The convention was marked by a free vote for the vice president nomination, in which the winner. Oh. Oh, oh Kiefer. No, fifty-two was Sparkman. It was. Oh. Kiefer. 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 We're probably Kiffer. saying that name wrong. <laughs> yeah. So somebody that nobody's ever heard of. Um, well, I'm sure Mrs. <laughs> did. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the only thing he started kind of becoming more significant in the in the Senate was kind of late in his time there. He he got involved in the um, kind of anti-corruption. The kind of they were looking into the 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 mob and their involvement in the unions. Um, and his brother actually he was, actually started that because he no he didn't start it but but there was a, there was a, like a committee set up and his brother was the attorney. And who was most prominently involved? But wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Are we already to him being the president because no, he no. nominated his brother to the, the 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 attorney general, right? No, no. His uh, he he wasn't his brother Robert wasn't attorney general, but there was a committee set up to to look into racketeering in unions. And but uh, who started that? Was that like like? It was just something that came up in the. I mean, I don't know who started it. I think their father was instrumental in getting um, mm-hmm. Robert Kennedy involved in that. So he wasn't attorney general. He was just the attorney the, oh, okay, that was working. Okay, I get it. You know, okay. on that yep. committee. Yep, yep. And and Kennedy was in it. And there's like you, you look up there are pictures of them like looking like have they they brought like toy railroads and they like. And they're like looking at them. I don't even know why they were, how that pertained to the racketeering case. But well, wait a minute, railroads. Mm-hmm. That's another Easter egg we can lay. <laughs> yeah, and you know how. Yeah, well, you know, two boys tied to a train track. Yeah, you know, they just went out there and smoked dope and laid on a track and and, and decided to get run over, shot in the back of the head. Uh, by, uh, one day. Yeah. Every time you put lay an Easter egg down, I'm going to I'm going to edit some sound on this, like a ding. <laughs> yes. Yes. Th- this is the. Beginning. Or maybe I'll just say ding because no. that'll be easier. I don't have to go back to the. <laughs> it's like when somebody says a really big word, ding. S A T word. <laughs> it's like really okay. Easter egg. He did. A, he kind of <laughs> gained some additional um, kudos for that for that work. 
I don't know if they really got much done, although I might be wrong, maybe they got something done with that. But anyway, he decided to run for president in 1960. I shouldn't say he decided, I think he knew he was going to run in 1960 for a long time um, prior. But he did run in 60. His greatest challenger was um, Lyndon Johnson um, when they were running for the nomination. There was a lot of kind of nasty underhandedness on both sides. Was um, it Johnson or was it Nixon? Well, Nixon was the Republican nominee. Oh, oh they were oh, okay. The, okay. In yep. the primary, okay. um, Lyndon yep, yep. Johnson was. Yep, yep. Um, and it was it was kind of weird, like the way they did the. And I'm probably going too much too much detail, but here, but it's kind of weird the way they did the the nominations back then. Was, you know, now if people are running for president, or, or for a nomination, like they run in every single primary. You know, like if they're doing the New Hampshire primary, you know, 2016 in the Democratic one, Bernie and Hillary ran in every single state. But in 60, it's like the, the candidates would decide which states they were going to run in. Kennedy was the only major candidate, I think, who ran in like every single state wow. primary. And so he kind of he kind of accumulated a lot of um, um, delegates over the course of doing that. But then Lyndon Johnson, I don't even think he... he um, ran in any of the states like wow. he didn't run in any of the primary races but then when they went to the convention he tried to essentially take it through political maneuvering and that was at yeah. that time that was still like a legitimate way of doing it yeah. so yeah so he prevailed but it was kind of a very um contentious um, um process to, to beat lyndon johnson for the nomination and um really that was the beginning of the antagonism between the two of them. I mean, I think I don't think they ever liked each other that much when they were in the Senate together, but that was really when they really started yep. kind of not liking each other a lot. Because, I mean, Lyndon Johnson felt, you know, who is this Kennedy kid? Yeah. What has he done? I'm the one who actually gets things done. Kennedy's just this kind of rich, pretty boy. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So why, why should he win? You know, I do all the work, you yep. know. So of course, what do they do? You know, they, they, they become enemies, and then Kennedy selects him as uh, vice president, hmm. which may have been a terrible mistake on his part. Yeah, looking. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll. Ding! I, I get, yeah. <laughs> so he was running against Nixon. You already mentioned that the Republican um, nominee. And an interesting thing about Kennedy's um, nomination is, or his uh, the campaign that he that he ran was that, I mean, he definitely was trying to be inspirational. But at the same time, he really kind of felt that um, the the material well-being of the 1950s had kind of transformed America into kind of this vapid, self-satisfied, lazy kind of almost. lazy. I mean, I don't think he. I would, really, I, mean, I can't really say lazy because we were booming. We were the biggest yeah. thing in the in the in the world. You know, the biggest country, the biggest military, the biggest. Mm -hmm. You know, so. It's not. I don't think he he went so far as to say those things, but yeah. he definitely felt that and communicated the fact that the United States needed to kind of uh, that it was imperative that we do better, that we can do better, that we should do better, and that in, in some respects we aren't doing good enough. Mm -hmm. um, and so here's a uh, um, here's a quote from him. Um, his his uh, motto for the campaign was like a new frontier um, and he said the new frontier of which I speak is not a set of promises it is a set of challenges it sums up not what I intend to offer the American people 
but what I intend to ask of them. So, I mean, think about how different this is from like a typical, you know, politician where they say, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is what I'm going to do for you. He's saying, you know, I'm here to have to tell you what you can kind of do for the nation. That's yeah, what imagine my Imagine that. That sounds familiar. Inaugural speech a little bit, maybe. Yep. Okay. Yep. It kind of anticipates that. Uh-huh. Uh, well, actually, this might be from his inaugurational speech. I'm sorry. Um, but it was you know, a common theme of his Oh, campaign. yeah, it was. He says, can a nation organized and governed such as ours endure? He's asking that as a real question. Matter of fact, the next thing he says is, that is the real question. Have we the nerve and the will? Are we up to the task? Are we equal to the challenge? That is the question of the new frontier. That is the choice our nation must make, a choice between the public interest and the private comfort. So again, he's essentially saying you can't, we can't have it all. You know, like, yeah. you know, we need to, we're going to have to make sacrifices. And, you know, I got to say this, even though if, if I've listened to nearly every speech he's ever done, including, mm-hmm. let me just let you know that recently there has been his last speech that he would never got to say. Mm-hmm. There were some folks that actually took his speech, all of his speeches and all the uh, vocals that he's ever Hold put on. out there. I see where we're going with this. And they put that speech together. And you can hear it online. Oh, I got to listen to that. It, it's it's a little wonky in some spots, you uh-huh. know, but just to hear it for me anyway, mm-hmm. it, it, it might be different for you cuz you're not you don't have the same kind of investment mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. But for me to hear it, it was like it was it was pretty <laughs> Pretty huge, right? To hear that and uh-huh. go, wow, wow. Was it? Did it represent in, in your mind like a new, like a new vision or a, well, a new I, direction? I mean, I don't. It, 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 I didn't. The thing for me is, I was more emotional in, into it than I was really listening to yeah. it. It was like I almost pictured as if he was actually saying it, and uh-huh. I wasn't really listening to the whole message because it got to me too much. Yeah, yeah. But I have to listen to it again. But it did have a a, a message, and after listening to so many of his. Of his speeches, sometimes I I think that even though this guy Sorensen really, really wrote a lot of of, of what he had to say that was important as a president to say, mm-hmm. I honestly think that just from before he even you know before all of this came out, I think there was something about what he said and how he said it mm-hmm. that it was his word. I agree. That makes me believe that a lot of it. Almost the most important things mm-hmm. came from a place of truth for him. I think you're. I think you're correct. You know, and so I mean, it might just be me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, but if if you guys or gals go out there and and, and you know, or or uh, you should go whatever. find that speech that Bill's talking about. Yeah, I, I, you know, and and the and, final and, speech. It probably says if you look up like. His the like JFK's final yeah. speech. Yeah, and and and, and the, the thing, and I, I got to get back to what I just said. Guys yeah. or gals, okay, I, I, you might not be a guy or a gal. Okay, I, okay. just know. Oh, that's true. That's just true. know that that, that that we get it, we get it. But <laughs> I, I mean, no disrespect if I say that again. So that's things true. are changing. Right? No, I'm. Yeah. You know, even babies right now, according to Harvard, mm-hmm. are called babies. Because you I can't, yeah. Well, you know, you can't really tell a kid when he's one, two, three, or she, or. Oh, uh, I see. Because they haven't had the choice to kind of define yeah, themselves. Well, yeah. You know, a one-year-old's gonna go, Dad. I'm a woman. 
I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is that is a new thing. So however this moves out and changes, it's mm -hmm. all well and good, and mm -hmm. you do whatever you do, you mm -hmm. be you kind of thing, great. Yeah. We apologize now because in normal speaking and how we've done it for our whole lives, yeah, yeah. it's going to be he or she. Mm -hmm. Okay? And we may just go, or whatever, again. If we remember to, if we we remember remember to, to do that. It. We'll forget. Okay? So please don't. I forget everything. You know, we, we're really nice guys and we don't want to <laughs> you know, make somebody upset. Mm -hmm. So, there you go. Anyway. Although you probably just did make I probably did. upset. I, and if I did, it's... I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't mean the people yeah. who, I mean like you yeah. make the people who think we shouldn't, who are determined for us not to be concerned about it upset. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, look, you're gonna make you, and again, what. we are going to, we are going to, we are not going to take a side per se. We are going to select both sides uh -huh. and let you come up with your idea. But the bottom line is we can't tell the whole story uh -huh. if we don't give you the other side. Yeah. Right? So... Understand that we want the thing is is we want people who are far left and far right and everything in between mm -hmm. to listen. But I don't want to change anybody. All I want to do is give you the information for you to l try to listen to. Problem is a lot of folks won't because they're just stuck in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But one person, just one, mm -hmm. I'll be happy for all the work we've done if they just think about. Something mm -hmm. they don't have to go there, mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you think about it, that's it. Anyway, I rant at times. That, that was a good rant. Moving forward, <laughs> I give that rant an eight point seven. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, but Nixon, you said. Yeah. Right? So he ran against Nixon. Um, Nixon had been Eisenhower's vice president, yeah. and um, given how popular Eisenhower was, everybody thought that Nixon was going to run away with it. But um, unfortunately for Nixon. He was not as charismatic, not as good looking, didn't wear makeup during the televised debate, famously. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and as, a, as an aside, this uh, was the very first televised, you know, yeah. uh, debate between two <laughs> folks. Poor, poor Nixon. <laughs> I mean, to put him up against Kennedy on TV for the first time, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. What uh, I've always read about that was that the people who listened to it on the radio said that Nixon won. And the people who watched it on television said, Kennedy, said yeah. that Kennedy won. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, which is impressive for Nixon, I guess, in that Kennedy was, I think, a pretty good debater. Well, just it's a lesson to learn that if you haven't learned yet, it's a great lesson to learn. Mm -hmm. And you just said it: people that listened to to Nixon thought he won. Mm -hmm. People that watched Kennedy <laughs> thought he won, right? Yeah. Although I will say it would have been a mistake to. Like oh, <laughs> so maybe that time. I don't, know, I don't know about that, Steve. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine Nixon man trying to manage like the Cuban Missile Crisis? Well, you you realize that Nixon, a little bit of a side thing here, right? Uh -huh. Nixon, the reason why he even got into any of this, uh -huh. right, is because who was it? Joe Kennedy, mm -hmm. or wait, no, Prescott Bush. Okay, mm -hmm. Prescott Bush. George W. Bush's father. George H. W. George H. W., sorry. His father put an ad out. You ready for this? And this is documented. Put an ad out in the paper mm -hmm. looking for somebody to go into politics. Really? I didn't know that. Kennedy answered it. Kennedy or, or uh, Nixon, sorry. Nixon answered it. 
Okay. When you see a picture of, of Prescott Bush with 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 uh, Nixon standing right next to him, yeah. he looks so like his boy. He looks like a schoolboy. He looks so Nixon like. Looks oh, like I got boy. you, boy! I got you. Like yeah. Nixon's like, oh, do whatever you want to me. <laughs> anyway, look it up. Prove me wrong if I'm wrong. Go ahead. Well, well, at some point we're going to get into the Bushes and the yeah we will um, and Nixon and their involvement. And we're not talking about the baked beans. <laughs> so let's see. So Kennedy won. And uh, um, he became president. Joe Kennedy. And uh, next, what we're going to do is we're going to get into some of the details of JFK's presidency, um, what his positions were, what he did and tried to do, um, what friends and enemies he made. Um, but first, just to kind of round out um, our picture of Kennedy, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a few more of, of his kind of personal um, aspects of his personality. Um, but first, I need to get a new beer.